Some people are born talented, others lucky, but few get blessed with both. Hearing one single song on late night radio sent 88 Keys on a vinyl adventure that would ultimately lead him right to his hip hop heroes. Q-Tip, Pete Rock, and Large Professor. Then on to becoming partners in crime with a young Kanye West, and now releasing the last song recorded with the late, great Mac Miller. My name's Eli Morgan Gessner, and I'm the co-founder of Fat Farm, Zoo York, and a whole bunch of other shit. I'm also the style editor here at Uproxx. So I came up with this show as an excuse to sit down with my friends and the defining figures behind today's creative culture. This is The Masters. What's up, man? Chillin', chillin'. Good, thank you. Thanks for coming. <laughs> my name is 88 Keys and I am from New York. So. When you were a kid, were you, did you grow up in a musical family or musical environment, or how did you get, how, where did that come from? Like, there was hip-hop music, like rap music play, like Run DMC, but I never really gravitated towards it because to me, back then, I wasn't really impressed, I guess, because it was, <clears throat> back then it was like mainly just drum machines and then like yeah. a bass line, like a sure. live bass line or whatever. Yeah. I don't think anyone could have predicted where it has ended up. Oh know? yeah, you know, like. It, it almost seemed like for sure this is just like a, a, like a, a flash in the pan. But I liked hip hop, I didn't fall in love with it yet. Then I moved to Long Island in 1990, I mm. believe. Where in Long Island? Uh, West Hempstead. Okay. Eagle Avenue. West Hempstead! Nobody does that. <laughs> and around the same time, uh, tri a tribe called Quest. Sure. Yeah. People's Instinctive Travels in the Paths of Rhythm. That came out. Mm. So once that came out, I felt like I had to be a part of this. Like that's when I really? fell in love with hip hop. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love that record. Yeah. I love the Jungle Brothers record before yeah. that, and yeah, then Q-Tip does the little thing in the, the end. Yeah, the promo. The and promo. All that stuff, yeah. and Black yeah. is Black. So De La Soul came out, and I was like. Yo, what is this? People made fun of me. Like, I remember a couple of friends made fun of me because I like De La Soul. Really? Well, I mean, well, as, as far as my friends, they were all about, like, Eric B and Rakim. Oh, uh, right, Big yeah, Daddy yeah. Kane, Slick Rick, and all that stuff. And I, I, lo I, loved, all the, I, I loved all those artists as well. But um, it was, something, like, me liking De La Soul, they were just, uh, they were just, like, a sore thumb. Huh. That's funny, that's the premise of their first video. Oh yeah, one is them in high school with all like the B-boys saying that they're toy. Oh yeah, no, I lived that. I lived that. And then I had the Gumby haircut, so that, oh. didn't, that didn't help. Oh, yeah, it, it helped, yeah. but it didn't help at the same time. Yeah. You remember uh, KISS FM? Of course. Not, yeah, 98.7 KISS right. FM. So on Sundays, they used to have uh, cool KISS classics. Yeah. 98.7 KISS FM. So Sundays from eight to, I wanna say midnight. I was listening to cool KISS classics one night and I heard Everybody Loves the Sunshine sure. by Roy A.U.G. Biquity. Yeah. Never heard it before in my life. Really? Yeah. Uh-uh. So I heard, the, I heard the song. I thought it was a weird remix for a brand new means Everybody Loves the Sunshine. Right. Uh, uh, Wake Up, right. the Everybody Loves the Sunshine remix. So I thought it was like a remix to a remix with some old guy singing. <laughs> and I loved it. I was like, man, I don't even know what I'm listening to, but it sounds crazy. So I, I called them and I asked them about the record that they had just played. And they said, that's Roy Ayers. They told me what it was, and they said, good luck trying to find it. I right. said, all right, cool. And there's a, a record store in a town called Hempstead, which, which was the neighboring town to West Hempstead. Right, as guess, it would be. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it was east of West Hempstead. <laughs> so I asked them for it. They said they didn't have it, but they said they, they may know a person who did, and they lived in Malvern, which is another neighboring town from West Hempstead. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so they had given me this the this person's number, and there's a person who sold records out of their from their home. Oh, okay. Literally, like they had a two two story house with a finished basement and an attic, literally top to bottom boxes and boxes of this records. This sounds familiar. Some for the other people used to go there. I think. Um, I think I've heard this story. Before. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, it's, it's yes and no. Okay. So I'm, I'm, so I'm, I'm talking about Amy and Red, so the two old couple. They had a son named John. Right. John Carrero. Okay. And, yeah, yeah. And uh, he does rock, soul, and funk, jazz, and stuff. So maybe right. he would have it. He sold it to me for how much? I want to say eleven bucks. You get. Uh, um, everybody loves the sunshine. Yeah, yeah everybody Easiest loves- song to make a beat out of, by the way. Yeah, you just but, throw drama over it. Yeah, yeah but I, I, I wasn't thinking along the terms of making beats because I didn't know what how to do it. Yeah. All right, so you're figuring this all out. So I didn't know what sampling was. Sure. And so, so I, I purchased the record, and you know, he asked me. I remember he asked, like, why do I want this record? I was like, it sounds good. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay. Um, I listened to the record at home, and I was just like mesmerized by the record. The whole album. The whole album, mesmerized. Some cowboy. The whole thing. Yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. And then I felt like, you know what? Let me try another old record. Mm. You know, so I, I just randomly purchased another old record from John again. So that that happened a few times, and then I started hearing samples, like in hip hop songs. Right. Not knowing, and I still didn't get the connection. Like, oh, they're taking it from these right. guys, and you know, I was like, yo, did I just hear that? So where do you, where do you, how do you resolve this? Where do you go to? Well, so all right, so by this time, I was working for John Carrero. So like, oh. yeah, I, I was initially, I was just cleaning his records. Huh? How yeah. old were you? I want to say 14. Yeah, I was gonna guess. Yeah, I was 14 years old. I was cleaning his records, and he had like, massive records and stuff. And then I uh, inadvertently became his ear. So we would go digging on Long Island and he knew all the spots and like everybody knew it. Like when they saw him, he was like, oh, John, or whatever. Right. It's like, you know, cheers. Sure. Everybody knew his name. So I would be with him and then eventually he, he would uh, play records there and then he would ask me like, hey, what do you think of this one? And I'm like, yeah, I could see that being used for like hip hop. Right. And so he would buy those records, maybe like a dollar, maybe three, sometimes wow. eight dollars. Hmm. And then we would do the uh, Roosevelt Roosevelt Hotel. Yeah, yeah, record conventions. And these records that he would purchase for like, you know, a dollar to like eight dollars, he's selling for like 30, oh, yeah. you know, 20, 30 dollars. Right. Killing him. And like, I said, man, I'm one in because like, I felt like I had an ear. But there you are. I mean, you're in probably one of the best positions possible. Yeah, well, by this time, like, he kind of loved me like a little brother. Sure. Like, I was like the kid brother he never had. Uh-huh. So he's like, yo, you know what? Like, you want to you wanna do this? I think you can. I believe in you. Uh, let's find out what we need. One random day, I'm cleaning records at his place, and he gets a phone call, and he's like, "Okay, uh, so your name is John Jonathan," and so he's taking his notes down like another right. customer. And you know, I'm, I'm not really thinking much of it. It's a Jonathan Jonathan Davis. Yeah. I said, "All right, cool." I was like, "Wait a minute, Jonathan Davis?" So I knew that Q-Tip's name was Jonathan Davis. Yeah. Jonathan W E. Davis sure. Jr. Right. And I was like, nah, I can't be. You're a hero. Yeah. So I asked, I asked John, I said, hey, John, I asked him if, if he's part of a, a tribe called Quest. And he goes, uh, yeah, are, are you part of a tropical quest? <laughs> we should start a cover band. <laughs> I hit him with this emoji. <laughs> and then, I, yo, and I, I can't make this up. Sure. I want to say 15 minutes later, Phone call goes off. The phone goes off again. 
Peter, Peter Phillips. I'm like, nah. Because he called him up. Yeah. I just called this guy. He's got all the records. Yeah. So he called Pete, Pete Rock, Rock and Pete Rock calls the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, so, so you're coming over? Yeah, just let me know the day. I'm like, yo, I have to meet Q-Tip. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. I have to meet Q-Tip. Yeah. Man, you were right there. That's amazing. Oh my God, yeah. crazy. Yeah, so that changed my life. Sure. So, and I was trying to, I was trying not to be like the, you know, the bugaboo kid or whatever. Sure. So I was just like. Trying to play it cool. Yeah, trying to play it cool. I, I, I didn't really say much to him. I was just like looking at him like, yo, this is, yeah. this is crazy. Yeah. And then eventually I asked him, I said, hey, so you know, how do you make beats? And he said, um, get a sampler. So then I told John, I said, yeah, you know, uh, I, like, uh, I would need a sampler. So John bought it, like came out of his pocket. Really? For you? Yeah. But he, he, kept, he, he left it at his parents' house. Okay. So it's like after school when I was done with homework right. and stuff like that, I could go and use it. So as I was making a beat one day at John's parents' house, Q-Tip walks in with the large professor. <laughs> Just when you're learning. That's, yeah. Those are two good people to come in and hear your early work. So yeah, he walks in with the Lars Professor, and I'm while I'm making a beat, Lars Professor starts freestyling as soon as he walks into the door Word. to my beat. Really? Yeah. So he starts like you know freestyling, and then he sees me, then he calls me 88 keys, uh, like in his freestyle because of, of the keyboard. Yeah. Hmm. And I and I was like, man, like if I ever make it in this business, that's the name I'm gonna go by. Huh? Look and, at that. Yep, and that's crazy. 88 keys. So your career takes off. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like it, it's, it started. All right. And um, and then the beat that I, I sold was uh, it became uh, Thieves in the Night. To, oh yeah. Uh, Black Star. Yeah. Give me the fortune, keep the fame, said my man Lewis. I agreed. No, what do you mean? Because we. And then from there, and then and then I wound up on Mos Def's first album. I, I wound up recording for his first album, like three made the cut, Yeah. but I wound up recording probably like 12 songs with him. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Like, I just, I was just having fun. Let's jump forward to uh, your relationship with Kanye. Well, I met him uh, at Baseline Studios, mm -hmm. and when I told him who I was, I introduced myself. Sure. And he was just like, yo, you 88 Keys, like, man. <laughs> nah, my, 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 my first thought was like, uh, man, this guy is really like, he's really a fan of, of my work. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, right, because yeah. I, I didn't have a, I didn't have any fans because nobody knew who <laughs> so my face. So Kanye West was your first fan. That's yeah, another I, great claim. Yeah, yeah. 88 Keys. Yeah, I want to say so. <laughs> I want to say so. Man, and so it's a, he was telling me that that he makes beats and stuff, and he told me his name. I was, and I, and I told him I was like, man, your your name looks familiar because I, I I vaguely recall seeing them on credits, and I told sure. him that I thought it was pronounced like the pepper, like cayenne. <laughs> and he's like, nah, it's Kanye. So yeah, so he mentioned the truth and I love that song. Right. Like, that beat was so crazy to me. Yeah. And I was like, man, I was like, man. So I was giving him props and stuff yeah. like that. And then he was like, I'm finna be a star. So like, we, like he was kind of bugging out. He said, yo man, like, yo, we should hang out and stuff like that. Like, you know, what you doing tomorrow or whatever. I said, yeah, it's kind of, I was like, not a damn thing. And you know, I was thinking like, you know, we're gonna do the, the, the whole like, underground hip hop producer thing. Like I'm gonna show him my studio setup and play right. a few beats and he'll probably rap and like, right. and then, you know, we'll part ways. So he came over, I wanna say like around like one o'clock or whatever, did the studio thing. I was showing him my records collection, playing beats and stuff. And like, he's like, yo, it's blah, blah, We're in my living room and then he sees my DVD collection. And he's like, oh, oh no. he said, yeah, I got DVDs too. And stuff like, yeah, I got that, I got that. 
So then he, see, then he sees my PlayStation that we playing PlayStation. So now it's like one, one or two o'clock in the morning. Right. And this dude is hilarious. Mm. So we were just like bouncing off each other. Right. You know, become um, fast friends. So then he invites me over. He's like, yo, uh, what are you doing tomorrow? You should come through and see my spot. I was like, all right, cool. So did the same thing. And then the same thing happens. I'm with him all day. Like time just yeah. wasn't even like relevant. Mm -hmm. You know, we just having fun with each other and just hanging out. So from 99 up until like the time his album comes out, right. we're with each other at least five times a week, at least eight to 10 hours a day. And to this day, like we have like a very strong bond yeah. and stuff. I, I, the, your, was the Viagra video? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah, can yeah. see that you guys totally know what oh, yeah, that's all going to do. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, that was all free. Like, that was, uh, we didn't have a script or anything. It was just like, just be old men. Yeah, yeah. And that day, uh, he didn't want to take the prosthetics off yeah. at all. Yeah. You know, because that, that was his first time just like in a long time, in years, like just being able to go outside oh, and not be... Oh, not be recognized. Yeah. And yeah, so so he's like, man, yo, we should definitely go to the club with this on. So, and, uh, and we almost did, but then, uh, yeah, we, then we didn't. So let's talk about your um uh your your polo collection. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or let's talk about your polo obsession. You know, I wasn't even really, I wasn't really trying to fit in or anything. However, I didn't want to look crazy. I didn't want to look bad. Okay. I wanted to be somewhat noticed, but I wasn't trying to like fit in, in okay. particularly. I don't even know how that works, but. Well, I think, it's a, I think that's the essence between like what we were talking about earlier, like fashion and style. There's, a, there's, there's like a fine line that I think you need to walk to truly have like, this is who I am and I'm not completely just gonna wear the entire new drop from Supreme, mm -hmm. but I also don't wanna look like Michael Alec going to like a nightclub with mm -hmm. like, you know, <laughs> pipe cleaners coming out of my green hair. Yeah. You know, you don't want to, you, you know, you got to find that space yeah. for you where you're not a clone, but you're not so weird that you're a clown, you know? You, you know, it's funny because I actually aspire to be a clone, but not a clone of anybody else doing it. Huh. I'm, I aspire to be a clone of the mannequin in the showrooms. I fell in love with Ralph Lauren Polo as a lifestyle because I feel, I feel like I'm the character that, you know, that lifestyle is portraying. Well, where do you keep it all? Do you have well, storage facilities? So, uh, 88, yes. here we are with your collection. Yep. It looks just like a polo store. <laughs> yeah, There's nothing much. but the entire polo collection. Which collection is this? Yeah, it's called, uh, it's called Great Outdoors. Right, and, and so did you go out and buy these all at once or do you piece them together as you go? Yeah, like, you know, I left no stones unturned. So tell me why, and, and how does this inspire you when you go and you make music? Oh, because... Like, I mean, this is like, you know, obviously like these puffy jackets, and then yeah. this is like a little bit more fashion woodland, and this is kind of like more, a little bit more military. That's yeah. a really nice jacket, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, this, this inspires me because, like, I have to be able to afford this. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> like, this was, I, I don't, I don't want to say the price, and it was pretty... Outlandishly expensive? Yeah, it was a pretty, you know, expensive piece, uh... Now, how do you decide what to wear on any given day? I mean, listen, it's the middle of the summer. You're well, obviously not wearing this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, so that's the that's the beauty of what it is that I do. Like, just going by the collection because I never have to put together an outfit. So that's you think it all works together? Oh no, seamless. no, it's not that I think it does. Uh -huh. Like, like, so I'm gonna show you. Like, okay, I can do this. Uh huh. I do this. I do this. I do that. <laughs> All right, there's more. 
right, so let's see what I got here. All right. The big outfit reveal. I'm like, <laughs> it totally works. You, yeah. look, you look fresh. I mean, it's, it's, it's fucking fresh. Give us a 360. Oh, so here you go. Yeah. It's pretty remarkable, man. I'm like, actually like super impressed. You didn't even look, I mean, the whole thing's like ready to go. Ralph, he, he does all the work for you. So yeah. like, so, you know, when people feel like they want to put their own spin on things and like, oh, I rock it like this, I rock it like that. It's like, yeah. that's fine. I mean, I don't, I'm not here to judge or sure. tell anybody. However, like my, the way I rock it, I rock it how the mannequins rock it. Amazing. Well, at least you're, if, you, if you're buying his records, you know where everything, all the money's going. Yep. To a worthy <laughs> cause, my closet. Okay, so tell us about the single. The first single for the album is a song that I have called That's Life. Uh. And uh, it's, it features the late, great Mac Miller, who was a friend of mine. I'm sorry. And uh, yeah, it was, that was, I, I mean, not to get all into it, but I had spoken to him uh, two days prior. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, completely unexpected. Well, he lives on in the song. Yeah. So what's it about? Yeah, the, the, the song, it, it, it sums up the, the storyline of my album because the, the characters on my album, they go on a, any, an emotional and a social ro roller coaster. Right. And uh, yeah, and then it ends up there. It's like, you know, what you're going to do about it? Like, that's life. And, sure. You know, uh, let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. Yeah. So you, di you guys did the song in 2015. Yeah. And then, um, uh, and then he... Uh, what, did you know that, that you were going to use the song for this album? Yeah, the, the song definitely, it, it's been repurposed for it. And it, like, it ends the album perfectly. Yeah. Um, it sums up the, you know, everything theme. before it. Yeah, yeah the theme yeah. of the album, mm -hmm. everything before it. So huh. it was like, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's as if he, he left a gift for me. Oh, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. How did you guys meet? Camp Flogna in Cali. What's that? that that's a... Uh, that's a Tyler the Creator's. Oh right, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I believe we met there, but when we met, he was, you know, surprisingly to me, he was a fan of my work. Oh, okay. Because he's a he's a real hip hop head. Yeah, and you know, like me from my rock tenure at Rockus. Yeah. Shout out to Jared. And then we did the whole like, yeah, man, we got a link, but everybody does that. Yeah. And so he actually called me, but then our relationship grew from just like. Oh, I'm coming through to try to sell music to you to like, like we started having conversations about everything else outside of music. That's, sure. how, that's how I knew like, oh, this is like an actual friendship. Well, it's a great song and you know, uh, oh, I'm, nice. I'm glad that, uh, you know, you, you can honor him like that. Yeah. And I'm headed to the other side where the grass is always greener and your bitch down the ride, but that's Yo, thank you, man. Oh, thanks. That was amazing. It was great talking to you. Likewise, likewise. Yeah, thanks for inviting me to your house. Yeah, absolutely, man. Anytime. Cool. Good stuff.